Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Well, amen, hallelujah for the Lamb. Had it not been for the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, we would be in miserable shape. Thank the Lord that He's promised us a home in heaven one day. Simply by believing and trusting in his name. My wife and I, Carolyn, are happy to be here. We're good to see you and happy to see you. And we hope the Lord will bless you today. And uh, as we look at our scripture and sermon this morning, the title may be a little bit odd. And I'll just tell you right now, this is not my church, but that's the title of my sermon. What about my church? But I want you to look at that this morning. What about my church? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 20 through 27. An odd scripture, but my focus this morning comes mainly on verse 27. But it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with good Christian people who love the Lord, serve the Lord, and wanting the things of the Lord in their own life, in their church, in their community. But we're just so happy to be here, happy to know the Lord that one day he saved my soul and I don't have to worry about that anymore because he's taken care of that. And as we look at our scripture this morning, I want you to think about this title. What about my church? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Thank you, Father, for your great love. Thank you for your church. We are a member of your church. And Lord, I'm reminded many times it is your church. And Father, we ask for your strength, your wisdom today. We pray that you'd touch hearts as you've never done it before. For anyone here is lost, help them to realize that Jesus Christ came to save them and to welcome them into the family of God into your church. May your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think of when you think of my church? Now, I know you've been here in this community a long time and you consider this your church and in a way it is your church because you're here working. You're here doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. You are here listening to him and going and doing and making phone calls and whatever you can for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why, even though this title sounds funny, this is your church that the Lord has placed here in this community 
for you to work and to glorify his name. Oh, folks, this church is not, even though we have a power structure, this church is not run by the pastor. It's not run by the deacons. It's not run by an individual, but it's run by the Holy Spirit of God. He is in charge, and he has called a different ones to be that leadership part of the church so that the church can reach out into the community and do what the Lord wants the church to do here in this community. <clears throat> the church is run by the Holy Spirit of God under the guidelines of the Word of God. We get in trouble when we begin to put our guidelines in there. Now, I know the Lord gives us wisdom. He helps us. He, he puts things into our hearts and in our minds. That's for the good of the whole church. But the Lord is the leader of the church, the Holy Spirit. And so let's think about that for a few moments this morning. But what about my church? Is my church a united church? Are we together? Are you together in what the Lord has called you to do here in this community. What comes to mind when you hear the phrase United Church? Now, I know we have several churches around that uh, has that name in their, uh, on their billboard. Uh, First United Methodist Church, the Presbyterian United in Lenore. It, it's in there. But as we look at that, is the church really united in the Lord Jesus Christ? and the teachings of the Word of God that we have here before us? Are we submitting to the Holy Spirit as He guides us and directs us? And are we being united in everything that He wants us to do here in this community or wherever a church is located? Are they being united in what God intends for that church to be? No church is strong if it is divided. Now, I know people get upset, and I've been through that. My home church is split two different times, and so there's three different congregations, and neither one of them is doing anything much. Simply because this one wanted to control everything and not let the Holy Spirit control. And so as we look... No church is strong if it's divided. I want you to keep that in your mind, in your thinking. Mark 3.25 says, If a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Now that's scripture, straight out of the Bible. These are words from the Lord God himself. Jesus came and he began to teach on division Division will not help in bringing people together, in bringing people to the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. If we, the true church, are to present a solid front to the world, we must stand together and our church must be a united church. Must be a glorious church. Look at that word in verse 27. 
How many of you are? Well, football fans. Now, I know Alexander County, they got a pretty good football team, or used to have. They used to whoop Hudson High School and South Caldwell all over the place. And it'd make us mad. Yeah, it would. But suppose you got 11 men on each side, offense and defense. Suppose eight of those players absolutely gave their all to the team. Whatever the coach wanted them to do, they were willing to do it. But you had three that didn't want to listen to the coach. What would happen to that team? Be, be like South Caldwell. <laughs> now, I can tell you, because we had boys that played on the football team, the coaches didn't coach the team, the parents coached the team. Sad. What if we treat the church that way? What if we just suddenly decide that maybe, now I'm not picking on anybody, but this far side over here decided they wanted to do something else. What kind of fellowship would you have in the church? This and wanting something else, and this group wanting what the Lord wanted. It wouldn't be long that your church wouldn't be united. There would be a division. We must present a solid front to the world. And I believe Jesus taught that in everything that he brought forth. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Jesus knows best. But if the church would move together as these do, as one, our church would soon be conquering great territories for the Lord Jesus Christ. That early church, and I've said it here on Wednesday night, they were together, and for the first 300 years, they absolutely conquered territory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they were united in their approach to worshiping the Lord. If each church member plays a different tune, the church has nothing to attract the world. Now, I'm I telling my wife, this piano over here and this organ over here, just sitting there by itself, not going to make any noise, but these two ladies that's playing those, how many keys is on that thing? Whatever it is. But they get them together. And when they get them together, man, they make beautiful music. Now, isn't that the way the church is supposed to be? Regardless of whether we got 25 in the service or 250 or 5,000, those notes need to be coming together, playing the same tune to become a friendly church to a lost and dying world. Oh, if we would just listen to our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ, and follow him and all work together, the world would feel and see the power of the church. Isn't that what that early church did? They were together. They didn't have any big eyes and little U's. The big eye was the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit.
the little yous were everybody else. And that's how we need to be. Oh, we need to put prejudice aside. We need to put our will aside and say, Lord, use me wherever. The Lord knows you. He knows me. He knows what you're good at. He knows what you're not good at. He knows how to call you into that particular place because he can lay it on the hearts of the nominating committee. Would you do this for us here in this church? And I'm sure if your nominating committee is like the ones we had at the church, they pray, Lord, who is it? Yes, we need to be a united church, but we also see that we need to be an attended church. I know it's with everything that's going on now, some people are afraid to attend. And by the way, welcome to all you folks that are listening wherever you are. I'm sorry I didn't even introduce myself to that, but uh, we welcome you to our service this morning, even though it's a little late. But is your church an attended church? God knows the hearts of the people. He knew that they needed a place where they could meet for inspiration. I like good music. I've sung ever since I've been knee-high to a grasshopper. My family used to sing in a quartet. At one time at Harris Chapel, we had seven or eight family members in the choir. We sang. But it is inspirational. Is your preaching inspirational? Is your teaching inspirational? And one of the important things that we tend to leave out sometimes is your witnessing inspirational. You ever been somewhere and you sit down and somebody comes in and sits down beside of you and you have a wonderful chance to uh, witness to them, be an inspiration to them, and you just sit there. Or they just sit there. We get that every day. Could I tell you about the Lord? Do you know that he loves you? Where do you go to church? See, it's just a few words. So you touch people's hearts. And it all comes from attending church to where you hear a message or a Sunday school lesson or good singing that touches your heart. Yes, we come for inspiration. But we also come for fellowship. Some of the best fellowship you'll find anywhere is at a church get-together, a meal or revival service or Sunday, whatever it may be. Fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus used to send the disciples away and he'd go up on the mountain, pray, and he'd have fellowship with his Father. Do we do that sometimes? Just get out by yourself. No one around. No one listening. And you just simply talk to the Lord like you would anybody else. Oh, 
fellowship. And aren't you glad that we can meet here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whatever it may be, and worship a holy and a righteous God? Now you think about that. He's holy. And how does the Bible say that we can approach him? Through our goodness? No. Through his holiness that he's given to us. Then we can come and fellowship with him. And oh man, yes, inspiration, fellowship, and worship. Hebrews 25 or 1025 says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? There's going to come a day when you may be persecuted for coming to this house of worship. The early church was. They suffered. Do you think we're immune from suffering? I don't think so. If you love the Lord, I think the Bible clearly teaches you will suffer. You will be persecuted somewhere along the line. You know, I believe that day is coming and it's coming very fast. But I don't know how it here he is here at this church, but more and more people are dropping out. Wonder why? Is the devil becoming so strong and placing so much stuff out there that it is becoming more attractive to you than coming to the house of God and worshiping a holy and a righteous Savior? Why are those people leaving? Is it because maybe they just don't feel the love or whatever they need to attract them back to that church? Maybe it's not a friendly church. I don't know. But you know, many are dropping out. But the best news that anyone can have comes from within the church, and that is the Word of God. I don't care who you are, what you're going through, somewhere or another. I've already been touched sitting back there from the music that's been uh, sung and played because phrases touch my heart. And it helps. And you see, I wrote one of them down here. Let's see, where did I write it? I'll find it after a while. But anyway, I've already been touched because of what's already going on. The testimonies that I've heard, the singing that I've heard. I can't wait to get to heaven to hear the singing in heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven to view and to see and to worship my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We learn from the word. We learn what God wants of us here in this world. And the church ought to hold the highest ideas. Oh, 
The greatest satisfaction comes from the church. How many of you remember one of your Sunday school teachers who really touched your heart by the way they taught, by the way they loved you or did something for you? How many of you remember that Sunday school teacher? How many of you remember when someone came up to you and began to witness to you from this church to you about your relationship to the Lord? That's special. That's special. How many of you remember that person who came and gave you fruitful encouragement in what you were attempting to do for the Lord? Listen, I'm praying for you that you're going to stand strong. How many has had a person to do that? Whether it's a deacon, Sunday school teacher, a parent, a friend, whoever it may be. I'm praying for you. Oh, that all comes from attending church. Oh, where in the world could we learn about heaven? Heaven on my mind. Where in the world can we learn about the sweet by and by? In church. Where could we learn of Jesus is coming soon? In church, from the music, from the teachers, from the preachers. Where in the world could we learn about loving your neighbor as yourself? Love lifted me from those horrible pits of sin to the loving side of a Savior. Love lifted me. Where would you learn to get along with others? In church. From the Word of God. But is my church a friendly church? I hope it is. You know, every church has a personality. Every church has a personality. And you may have visited several churches before you settled here because the personality of this church just seemed to go along with your personality. Nothing wrong with that. Every church has its personality. And that personality comes from its members and the way that they work and the way that they pray and the way that they give and the way that they love one another. Oh, it must be a friendly church if it's going to attract new members. And that's very important. Must be a friendly church. I'm going to glue this thing on. But as we look, now I told you from the beginning, this may be a different type of sermon that you're used to. I usually just take the scripture and take phrases out of that scripture and use it. But God laid this on my heart for some reason or another. Friendly church. Are you respectful of other people? Are you helpful to other people? Are you concerned about other people? 
See, that's all part of being a friendly church. What about the very one next to you? May need God. And by your friendliness, you may be able to win him or her to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Someday in glory, someone will ask, well, what brought you to salvation? You know, you might hear the answer. Well, a friend told me. Just came in one day and sat down, became my friend, and after a little while, he began to talk about Jesus. He began to talk about his love, began to talk about how he cared for everybody and how he went to Calvary's cross and how he died and took my sins, the sins of the whole world upon himself so that we could go free if we trust and believe in him. That's why I'm here at this church, because somebody befriended me. You may have total strangers walk in the doors back there, but don't let them go sit down without talking to them. Be a friend to them. Oh, offer your friendship. Help them in any way. And the last thing that we see is this church, is my church, a loving church. What are we doing here in this church to spread God's love? Someone said in the New Testament, see how they love one another. That ought to be the main point of the church. See how they love one another. See how they get along together. How they are united in everything that they want to do. Is this the testimony of... And I didn't know whether to put our church, this church, your church, or... Is this the testimony of the church? Do we love one another? To the point that we'll go out of our way to help someone that might be down and out on their luck. But does hatred and jealousy or selfishness to the, come to the forefront? Those three things can destroy a church in a very little time. And we need to think about that. Sometimes we might be guilty of preferring one above another. But is that what God wants us to do? No. Love everybody. I know some people's hard to love, and I might be one of them. But love everybody. Do what you can to help everybody. Oh, Jesus went around doing good. That's what the Bible said. He reached out and he touched lives that the Pharisees shunned. You remember the one that had leprosy? Did Jesus turn her away? Absolutely not. He just simply reached out, 
touched her and healed her. That's the love that he had. Oh, do we love the fallen? Do we love those that have gotten into trouble of some kind and it seems like society has shoved them aside? Do we love them? Do we invite them back? Oh, yes. You're going to see those things. But in closing, I want to read several scriptures. 1 John 3.11 says, For this is the message that we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now think about that. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not, will not, cannot perish, but have everlasting life. 1 John 3.18 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Chapter 4, verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Chapter 5, verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Is my church united? I want you to answer these questions. Is your church united? Is your church attended? Are you here when you can be? Is your church a friendly church? And from what I see, yes. But can we be more friendly? I think so. But is my church a loving church? Are we concerned about those that, well, I don't need the church. Too many hypocrites over there. They say one thing and do another. Now, if you go to church long enough, you'll hear that. But do you love them anyway? Do you pray for them? Maybe you can't pray for them because you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you don't think much about them because you don't have the love of God in your heart. If we would just memorize John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. What difference would it make if we truly believe that in our heart? Maybe you're here today and you've been trying to make some kind of decision about something, whatever it may be. You and the Lord know about it. Well, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Or would you give me some kind of an answer? Would you help me love that person down there that's, uh, that's mean and cantankerous? Lord, I need that love that John 3.16 talks about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him 
should not perish but have everlasting life. See, that's the remedy for salvation. If you're here that's and lost, I invite you to come to Jesus today. For the Bible says with the heart, confession is made. I don't care how many times you do it with the head. I've done that a couple of times and it didn't work. But not until I confessed with my heart. The Lord Jesus Christ, did he come into my heart and my life and save me and change me. And through that love, called me into his ministry. What love we have from the Savior. Brother, if you'll come, invitation to him. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And listen to him when he speaks. You might be here and you know you're lost. Well, yield to him today. And you may be here not exactly where God wants you to be in your relationship. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. And then listen. Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we appreciate everything that you've done for us. Most of all, for your love. Now, you do what I can't do, what these people can't do, but only you can do, and that's draw people to you through the Holy Spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Would you stand with us, please, Edward? Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.